You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. From the TCL studios, it's Mackie and Judd. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Wiggins should do more with his athleticism that impacts the game. Defensively, rebounding, block shots, getting to the free throw line. Three to shoot. It swings to T. He'll take. No. Wiggins can't put it down. What an effort on the offensive glass from Minnesota, and it results in a foul against New Orleans. But see, this is what Wiggins could do on a regular basis if he put his mind to it. If he thought of himself as an athlete attacker, makes a good pass to Teague, misses the open shot through the elbow, attacks the offensive glass, and even though he missed it, it's inspiring type of play Effort plays are inspiring. I stood up in my living room watching that game last night and gave Jeff Van Gundy. I didn't agree with everything he said on the broadcast, but the Wiggins stuff, I literally stood up and was like, yes. I immediately yes. thought of you and Corzo when he was saying all of those things. <laughs> Did you guys, was Corzo, Judd, you were at the game. Yes. Was Corzo uh, wine tweeting last night? Like W-I-N-E tweeting? I looked at Twitter quite a few times during the game and did not see one. I didn't either. So, no. But I did I did hear no fewer than four loud fire tibs wow. during the course of last mm. night's game. And, of course, everyone can hear it. Did people, so was it, was it like, did it spread like wildfire, like the Ric Flair woos? Was it no, just, it did was not. It but isolated? It, it, was, it was isolated at different times. Just... Yeah randomly fire tips yeah i mean i had these these visions in my head last night <laughs> of andrew wiggins as a rich man's andre iguodala he's so the hope was he's a first round first overall pick and he was on slam magazine covers when he was like 15 years old right and, and yeah. the, the hope initially was this dude is the next lebron kevin durant okay <laughs> That ship has sailed, and he's not that. But if Jeff Van Gundy's point comes to fruition here, if he can just be the beacon of energy, if he can just go out and be the best athlete the on Josh the court. Josh Akogi? Yes, that's what Josh Akogi Play is. Play like Josh Akogi. Mm-hmm. And maybe Josh Akogi and Robert Covington rub off on him, but I'm thinking, man, he doesn't have to be Kevin Durant, but if he can just be a better Andre Iguodala for this team and just be a lightning bolt, that would be huge. Didn't last night, though, make you a little bit mad about the fact of why did the Butler thing last so long? Like, I watch these guys play hard now. I've been mad about that for like six months. I, no, but I just... in a constant but, state of being but, mad about that. But I go back to what I told you previously. When, when the media is a thousand percent right, how many times did we say, just trade him? And I understand that you're not going to maximize the trade, and I understand that you're not going to get a unbelievably great deal. But just trade him because you've got you've got two young players and in Cat a potential superstar player who are going to have the ability. This doesn't mean they're going to, but have the ability to thrive. But they can't do it until Butler's gone. And and Andrew, Andrew is of the personality type, and this drives me crazy. But it's just him. He's always looking for the why he can't. 
Well, Jimmy's here, so I can't. Well, we're not playing Cleveland, and I like to play Cleveland because I hate Cleveland, so I can't. Yeah. And, and the Butler subtraction takes away a can't, and it gives a, okay, let's see you do it now. Yeah, I mean, this. let's play some more Jeff Van Gundy because I may, maybe we just need Jeff Van Gundy to be the coach of the Timberwolves. <laughs> I don't know if I... I don't know if I'm all in on that, but... Jumper, no good. And that's something they try and steer Wiggins away from, but he continues to often take long twos. You're right. That pull-up right there, he could have taken one more dribble and attacked the basket. And even if you miss the drive, you open up so many more second-chance opportunities and the ability to try to get to the free-throw line. Very rarely are you going to get to the free-throw line shooting pull-ups. Yeah, so, so going through the broadcast last night... Okay, yep, Van Gundy knows he shouldn't take long twos. Does Tibbs know that, or is Tibbs not communicating that? Van Gundy knows, just like all of us, if Wiggins plays with that kind of energy, he's one of the most impactful players on the court. Does Wiggins or Tom Thibbs, is anyone like in his ear on a regular basis saying, dude, okay, the only thing we care about, we're not even going to run plays for you anymore. Your job is to, off the ball, to cut, to offensive rebound, to try and throw dunks down on putbacks into the brains of seven-foot centers and posterize them. Jang will take too strong. That's a point eight shot. That shot right there, you can get. <laughs> you know, you're getting the value is point eight, and you've got to find ways to get better shots than that. Yeah, that was Gorgie Jang taking the shot, but the principle still applies to Andrew Wiggins. Yes, and this is why you need to get a coach who is is probably younger. And gets it. Your only hope of unlocking Wiggy, as he is now, which I don't think is going to change, is to get a a younger coach who gets it. Wiggins should do more with his athleticism that impacts the game. Defensively, rebounding, block shots, getting to the free throw line. So so, basically everything. Everything. (laughs) That's like you talking. He That's should like really, you talking. He should really be better at breathing and walking and interacting well, as a human being. Well, look at the look at the and one that he had, where Towns had the block on Davis, and they went down the other end, and then Cat hit a cutting Wiggins to the basket, and Wiggins, you know, he kicked his leg out a little bit and may have gotten away with something there. But he kicked a guy fit, in the groin. Yeah. That's a posterization <laughs> and a posterization. <laughs> but he gets that and one, and then look at Taj Gibson going over and sort of you know giving that that positive sort of push like come on like you got this like do more of this and Wiggins is just like yeah well you know just, but who like, unlocks that that's my question yeah not who to- unlocks it's not, not going to be Tom tips. Thibodeau yeah I mean there are tons of coaches who I think could unlock but this it. but th- this is this is why if you go down the path of he's never going to change so just trade him just take that contract off the books and he goes to a team where he gets a coach who can unlock that we're all going to say what yeah. the hell? Yeah, I don't know. Last night, when you look at Wiggins in the fourth quarter and Josh Okogie's energy just doing everything, steals and off-the-ball movement and clutch three-pointers, and you've got two dudes who are seven feet tall who can knock down three-pointers, and Covington is sort of a get-it basketball player who can be streaky, but it it's I like this roster now. I don't like the guy calm who's down. Calm down, in Phil. charge of coaching it. What do you mean, calm down? Pull yourself back just a little bit. No, Judd, we'll I, I know you're calm down, middle of the road guy. We'll see. But the Wolves have two very intriguing seven footers, and they've got three or four slashing, energetic when they want to be, in Andrew Wiggins' case, wing players. Well, let's make sure they don't goof this up, though. 
What Glenn still owns this team. You don't know what could happen I'm next. I'm not arguing that they're not going to goof it up. I'm telling you I like the roster. Okay. I'm just trying to. I don't want you to get I your like expectations up. Andrew Wiggins last night dunked for the third time this season. So I need to see a lot more, and I need to see it, and I, I need to see the head coach replaced as soon as possible so that we can get into a cycle where you've got somebody who has a chance to unlock okay. this roster Agreed. to its potential. Agreed. But on the roster itself, because we're not going to fix the coaching thing right now, there's zero chance he's the coach next year. Zero chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, Glenn Taylor now, what was the, he, didn't he have more quotes that came out yesterday where he's now saying, ah, this we wasted a lot of time. I mean, he's, he's an <laughs> idiot as an owner, but he's yes. not... <laughs> He's not going to employ Tibbs beyond this season. Yes. So, from a roster perspective, I'll bet you there's, I'll bet you there's ten to fifteen teams across the league that would switch rosters with the Timberwolves right now. I'm not saying the Warriors would switch rosters mm-hmm. or that the Lakers would switch rosters. Manny, am I out of my mind for saying that? That there are no. that one third of the league at least would switch rosters with the Timberwolves. I I don't I don't. Completely disagree with you. I think the one thing we have to remember, though, is that Derrick Rose didn't play last night. And I will be curious to see if we see a lot of the same things we saw last night once Derrick Rose is inserted back into the lineup because he's Derrick. Derrick has played well, but he's very much Jimmy Butler light when it comes to isolation and dribbling the ball a long time and just sort of disrupting the flow because especially in the first half last night they moved the basketball everywhere they had 22 assists in the first half last night that's ball movement and if you insert Derrick Rose back into the lineup and he's playing iso ball and he's played well but I just I don't I'd be curious to see if he goes back in and he sort of disrupts what they had going in the first half especially last night that's something to watch, I think. I was just hit by a brilliant bolt of lightning. I've just fixed the problem. Should we do it when we come back? Yes. I've got the I've fixed the wolves in my mind and I want to share it with you. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, we're gonna give Jonathan a chance to vent here before the hour is over. And the football hour includes Tom Pelissero. Zach Harper will join in about twenty minutes. Hey, people, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Whoa. on fifteen hundred ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. Wiggins should do more with his athleticism that impacts the game. Defensively, rebounding, block shots, getting to the free throw line. He should do do things more. Hey, before we get to Judd's fix on the, the Wolves, so we're watching... We must have preseason college basketball tournament action here, which is a week earlier than usual. There's something called the Charleston Classic. The quarterfinals of the Char- that the Charleston. Could it do the Charleston? Yes. We're going to dance up and down the court. They're yes. moving around the ball really well. Uh, and Purdue that's around the key there. That's uh, Purdue. Uh, Purdue is leading Appalachian State right now, 15-5. to five. But what's most notable, Purdue continuing the tradition with this number 12 here yep. of always having... A white guy, big man, who looks like he's 20 years older than everybody else he's teammates with. Like receding hairline white yep. guy. You're right. Brian Cardinal, Brian Cardinal Robbie yes. Hummel, and whoever this guy is. Every Both of time. those guys, former Timberwolves, by yeah, the way. For sure. and, of, and, of course they are. And this guy will be as well. 
Right? Purdue always has the sort of awkward, but <laughs> I think he's got talented. The, I think twelve might actually also have the bald spot on top, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. I'm trying to see because it, it's a little bit hard, but I think he's got. Oh yeah. Got it. He's got the receding hairline and the bald spot. Yeah. But it's shaggy everywhere else. It's 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 the. Yeah, he definitely needs. Does he to like to shoot? <laughs> nope, just no. didn't shoot there. I think he traveled there. Yeah, I think he did. I think he ran guy. with the basketball. Okay, my fix. So, so Krasinski reported in the Athletic yesterday that Glenn Taylor told him that Glenn has basically said, "Tibbs, I want you to focus on coaching," and, and Scott Layden, who is the GM, but Tibbs is the president of basketball operations. Scott, I want you. I want you to be the personnel point man. So they're not changing things up. But there's been a definite um, edict to Tibbs to become the full-time coach. I don't want you making a lot of phone calls and, and concerning yourself. So we all want Tibbs to quit, right? Because he's, he's not, not going no to. He's not, not going to, but we, but we would all encourage that. So I was thinking to myself during the last segment, and I got it. Glenn goes to Layton and says, Scott, I don't want you talking to Tom. I don't want you communicating. I don't want you to even come close to Tom. What I want you to do is sit in your office and work the phone and trade Derrick Rose as soon as possible. And then we will inform Tom that perhaps his second favorite player to Jimmy Butler of all time has just been traded out from underneath him, and he had no idea it was coming. How infuriated can I get Tibbs so that he might be so that he might even come close to doing something stupid like quitting? Why don't you just fire him? I love what your plan is. Because like, the, like the quitting would forfeit some of the salary. <laughs> Who cares, though? I, no, I'm, with you. Billionaire. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. But I'm saying, <laughs> if he's, you're he's worried like about... that hard-pressed for cash in his checking account that he's got to find a way to get Tibbs if, to quit? If you're worried about the 8 mil extra it's going to cost you at this point, to be because he's going to fire him after the coming, or after this year, so he's going to have to pay him 16 regardless. Mm-hmm. But let's say you really don't want to get rid of that whole 8, you tell Tibbs, mm-hmm. Tibbs, Come here a second. Yeah, what's up? I just traded Derrick Rose. Well, okay, let me take this Derrick Rose trade thing a step further. Because, well, it is nice to see that when he is on the court, he looks a lot more like the old Derrick Rose than he has in six years. So this can only be a good thing for the Wolves because either, A, you can bring him back and maybe he's part of this thing for the next couple years. But, B, the more, to me, appealing scenario is you capitalize on the peak moment of his value Six years running here, he hasn't been this valuable. If the Wolves once traded a first-round pick for Adrian Bleepin' Payne, is there a team in the NBA? Is there a team in the NBA that would give you a first-round pick for Derrick Rose sometime between now and mid-February? A late, like a veteran team with the Houston Rockets, desperate I'd for something. Wor- they I'd just got work that. They just got rid of Carmelo Anthony. Would, they, would a team like the Houston Rockets saying, "Well, we just need another"? Would piece. you take a second-round pick? I mean, I would if it's second round pick, if the options are second round pick, nothing or multi-year two year contract or something. And it takes up a bunch of cap space. I'd probably take the second round pick. So would I. But I feel like if he keeps playing well and you can run him out there enough, if you if you even just cook this for another month or two, the problem is Tom Thibodeau's probably not the He's guy going who's to gonna cook be the player. To- yeah, he's going to play him way too much. You're going to have to pry him out of Tom Thibodeau's cold, dead hands. Six uh, six five one six four six eight two five five. Mike and Egan, you're on the Mackey. And hey, you got you guys need to back off this Derrick Rose trade stuff. He's 
to me, he's been like a breath of fresh air. He drives to the basket, he hustles, and then you and then when Tyus goes in there, it's all back to the Ricky Rubio. They don't even guard him because he can't shoot, so it's five against four again. I mean, he plays hard on defense, but he's a liability, and when Rose is in there, it's like a point guard supposed to play. Yeah, no, Mike. So, Mike, I don't. I don't think anyone's disagreeing with you on that front. I mean, is there anyone in the room that is saying Derrick Rose is a worthless basketball player? Because I no, think he's he, very well. Yeah, correct. yeah, you said you said call Tib, Tibbs up and say we just got rid of yeah, Rose. Correct. That's, yeah, to try and get Tibbs to quit and infuriate him. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> this team's got no future with Derrick Rose. Good. I agree with that. I agree with the Tibbs part, but right now we Tyus is. I don't know. He's just dead when he's out there. He can't shoot. Just like Rubio. He's worse than Rubio as far as shooting. And you I can don't agree with that. that. You can see the other teams just back off him when he has the ball. Let's just not, like let, they did with Okay, but let, let's Mike, let's not thanks for the call. Let's not overstate Derek Rose's career shooting either here. I know right. that I know that Rose has been really hot in ten games or whatever from three point range. About forty five percent. Yeah, it's actually uh, 48% from three-point range for Derrick Rose mm-hmm. in 13 games. But he also has over a decade career track record in the NBA as a 30% three-point shooter who doesn't know when to stop shooting three. He's not a good shooter. You can't say that unless unless he has discovered some sort of shooting potion. This seems like a small sample size that we're judging. But that's all the more reason to capitalize on and this a is, peak this value. This is going to be short-term. This is going to be short-term. I mean, there's no way a guy who's been hurt this much previously, who, by the way, as long as Tibbs is here, is going to be asked to play way too much. There's no way that you can say, yeah, that this will be great in three years. Derrick Rose is having a pop-up season, and and if I was a GM, I would say to myself, what's the best plan of action? And the best plan of action is what can I get, especially with this team for Derrick Rose. Yeah, yeah, the debate, back to Mike's point, nobody here, and I guess raise your hand if you're on the other side of the fence here, but... Nobody in this room is saying that he's terrible and he's worthless. And and I think that was the initial thought when they signed him last year, which is this dude has no gas in the tank. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I was wrong on that. He has gas in the tank. The question is, even when he has gas in the tank, if he's not as good as he used to be, is he just a volume scorer who is going to dribble the air out of the ball and take touches away from Carl Anthony Towns? Like, I think... Guys like Derrick Rose, even when they're playing at their best, tend to be overrated. These These guard... Ball centric players who shoot thirty percent from three point range, but they still take like twenty shots a game. I don't think those are overtly valuable players. So if you can find a team, if there's another team in the group of twenty nine that's willing to give you a late first round pick, again the Wolves once. Now this is the Wolves, so grain of salt. <laughs> the Wolves once traded a first round pick for Adrian Payne, and that was Flip Saunders that made that. I was going to say that's mm-hmm. Flip's trade. Yes. So, I mean, some teams will get crazy and trade first round picks. You're telling me at some point between now and February, independent of Judd's get Tibbs fired plan, that some team might not give you. <laughs> no, a first I want Tibbs to, to be so mad he quits, which he won't do. <laughs> no, that's my plan. I, I love how you, like you put yourself in the shoes of Glenn Taylor, who yeah. has the power to fire Tom Thibodeau, and instead of just firing him, you devise a master plan to get I tell him Scott to quit. Layton to, the directive is trade Derrick Rose, and oh, then we'll man. both go inform Tibbs that your second favorite player of all. In, in fact, you know what? Trade him to Philly. Put him with Jimmy. Tell Tibbs, go buy season tickets to the Sixers so you can watch your two favorite players and quit screwing up my franchise. Derek Rose for Markel Fultz. Who says no? Poor Markel Fultz. Dude, I'd rather have Fultz. At least there's, I mean, what is Fultz? 20? 
He's 20, 20 years 20, old. 20, 21-ish maybe. Good luck getting over oh, confidence issues and shooting yips with Jimmy Butler barking in your ear at practice every <laughs> day, by the way. Ooh, that free throw, that free throw motion's ugly. Though, I right felt now. bad oh. for him. That that one a couple nights ago mm-hmm. where he did the double pump on the free throw, I actually felt bad for him. Yeah. It's being bad. a guy who can't shoot myself. It looked like Charles Barkley's golf swing. Yeah. It did. Had the little hitch in it and the hesitation <laughs> and yeah, the double pump deal. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty bad. Um, before we get to uh, Zach Harper from The Athletic and various podcast endeavors. Now, it's time for Jonathan Harrison to vent on U.S. men's soccer. Oh, I, I think it's a final now. England 3, U.S. nil, And Jonathan is the, the guy who puts German Bundesliga <laughs> soccer games on in every TV in the building. So that, That's only on Sundays when I was here alone. You guys want to do this now or later? I've got quite a bit here to vent on. We might need to give you multiple segments. So why don't you take a minute right now? You say what you have to say without getting us fined by the FCC. Okay? <laughs> I'll try not to. All right. So for, I'll start. I'll start off with the game today. There's not a whole lot to whine about because England's well. England. They're very. They're a very good team. They were just a game away from the World Cup final this year. So you know, I I I don't have anything to say about a three 0 loss to them. That's to be expected because they're very good. I just don't understand why we're still starting Brad Guzan in goal. The guy's terrible at goal. He almost gave away two early goals in the game and then arguably should have had should have stopped England's second goal. Like there's no reason he shouldn't have stopped that one. He's a terrible goalkeeper. He cost the team a gold cup match a couple years ago. He shouldn't be starting for the US. Why, he shouldn't even be in the team anymore. Why don't we just get the tallest, most athletic dude to stand like why why is it that anyone under seven feet tall is playing goalie <laughs> in soccer? I right? it's it's very simplistic to say that Kevin Durant should be starting in goal for the US, but like we create athletes in this country that, that play like that, that are seven feet tall and just yeah. move around a basketball court like that. Why aren't any of them playing soccer when it's okay, arguably who, who, the cheapest sport in Amer- in the world to play? The, here's what, you need he, a ball. Because goalie's boring. No, here's what you need to do. No, no, no. Here's what you need to do. Okay, I'm going to pull a name from the past, but there's all mm-hmm. kinds of failed basketball players because they can't shoot or they whatever. They just yeah. like they fade out of the league. Remember that like that Stromile Swift or Darius Miles? Yeah. Dudes like that who are six foot ten and they can dunk, but they can't shoot. Hakeem Warwick. Hakeem Warwick. Yeah. Why can't Hakeem Warwick? I got the flaw. I got the flaw. They're so okay. they're so big. They they can block high shots, but they're not going to be able to move side to side quick enough. Yes, yeah. exactly right. What? Well, they well you but you play defense going side down to side the post, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm know. just telling yeah. you the flaw. Who who's this guy? Brad? What? Brad Guzan. He's the cold. He's the goalkeeper for Atlanta United. He's not good. I'm not a fan of it. What happened to Tim Howard? Did he just is he just too he's old? He's 39 and oh, hasn't been gosh, good since the last old. game in Brazil, which he stopped a million shots. And he hasn't been good since that. Is that a record? Uh, it's pretty close. A yes. million saves. A million <laughs> saves in one game. Yes, that's a record. Seems like against a, Brazil, probably. Seems yeah. like a possession problem. <laughs> the only other, <laughs> the only other thing I have to say about this game is why isn't Tyler Adams starting every game? He's a 19 year old kid, one of the best uh, defensive midfielders in the game in the U.S., and he's not starting this game because he, their excuse was he played the full 90 minutes in Sunday in New York, and now they're and now they're in England, so they're a whole continent away. But the guy you replaced him with, you started over him, played the same 90 minutes in the same game. Raise your hand, uh, Manny, Judd, Phil here, if you had any <sighs> idea who Tyler Adams was before well, 30 seconds now. ago. No clue. <laughs> He's I'm one sure. of the best U.S. youth players around, and we, we're not starting him because he played 90 minutes on Sunday. Are we going to make the World Cup next time around? I hope to God we do. 
I feel like if you guys, if you are, I mean, you have you have Christian Pulisic, one of the best, the best Wonder player Boy, you've right? ever produced. Yes, Wonder Boy, according to Alexi Lawless, yeah, who can't couldn't clean close his a, sneakers, couldn't close a goal yeah. today. <laughs> Was, Get a new sport, Harrison. Harrison. The goal. No. Get a new sport. <laughs> Become a hockey guy lo- like me. <laughs> Zach Harper at Talk Hoops on Twitter is going to join us next. We'll talk Jimmy Butler in Philadelphia, what he thinks about the new Wolves roster, and the football hour includes Tom Pelissero coming up in about a half hour. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. I've got two crashes on 94 to tell you about, both eastbound. First in St. Paul, we've got a crash between uh, John Ireland Boulevard and Ramsey County Road 33. That's causing a nine-minute delay. And also near Osseo, we've got a crash on 94 eastbound between Hemlock Lane and 169, also causing a nine-minute delay. Gentlemen? Crowd wanted a carry by Miritich. They don't get it. Tops gets a block. Man. Is that's one of the best defensive plays Carl Anthony Towns has ever made. Second rejection by Towns tonight, and then Wiggins off the feet from Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew. Andrew says, take that, Jimmy Butler. Wow, Jim Pete spitting fire He's last He's so happy night, right man. now, and I don't blame him. <laughs> well, he'll be happier if, if someone else goes, too, from everything we've heard. But Zach Harper <laughs> at Talk Hoops on Twitter. Uh, he just joined us, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, but with all of this stuff happening and the trade of Jimmy Butler, we wanted to get your thoughts. I want your thoughts on this. Uh, I think there's a little disagreement in the room. I really, really, I'm not going to say love, but I'm intrigued by the Wolves roster right now, and I feel like a creative coach would look and say, all right, couple near seven-footers who can shoot threes under the age of 25. You've got energetic, uh, slashing wing players like Akogi, uh, Covington, when Wiggins wants to be energetic, he has an impact like he did in the fourth quarter last night. Sort of a resurgent part-time Derrick Rose. I mean, is this has this become an intriguing roster now after the Jimmy Butler trade, or am I just drinking Kool-Aid, Zach? No, it's very intriguing. There are a lot of good pieces to it. Like, Jeff Teague is about an average NBA starting point guard, right? Like, he's somewhere in that, like, 13 to 19 range. Yeah. So, like, you could say he's an average starting NBA, uh, NBA point guard, and, and you'd be correct. Like, Andrew Wiggins, we know the deal with it, right? Talent. Uh, he's shooting the three ball incredibly this season and, and, on, and doing it on a pretty decent volume. So that's an encouraging sign. But obviously, it's easy, to, it's easy to have that energy right after the trade. It's hard to maintain that energy throughout the next four months. So that's really the thing. Like I, it's not shocking to me that he's playing well in these first two games since the Jimmy Butler trade. It would be more impressive if he keeps up like a month from now. We're still talking about it. And then Covington's a good 3 and D guy. He's a very streaky shooter which I don't know that a lot of people know about him. Like, he will go one month where he shoots 44% from three, and the next month he'll shoot, like, 31%. So he's, yeah. he's pretty up and down, but his defense is always there. Dario is a, is a very intriguing um, stretch four type of guy who, you know, struggled to, to start the season, but I think we'll see more of what he was last year than, than what he was to start this year. And then Towns, Gorgie, like, they, you know, Kogi, like, they have all these young guys or youngish guys who can, who can really, you know, contribute in different ways. And so... Everything can come together and be a nice team. It's just it's still a lot of young guys, and young teams don't typically win. So with Tibbs as coach, how good do you think this team can potentially be now? I mean, I don't, I don't expect them to be a playoff team. Um, I actually think it would 
behoove them to play more of the young guys than, than they normally would and, and take those lumps and take those losses, get a better lottery position, you know, hopefully luck into a, into a top three pick, especially with this draft, and, and try to build that way. Uh, I don't expect them to do that. I think they'll be, you know, roughly a 35 to 38 win type of team, at least that pace the rest of the season, which is fine. They need to learn how to win games more than they need to tank. Um, but, you know, they're going to go through highs and lows like this franchise always does. Yeah. There's got to be a team out there that would, like would Houston or somebody that would give you a late first-round pick for Derrick Rose sometime between now and February, right? The Wolves once I traded mean, a first-round pick for Adrian Payne, for God's sakes. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's one of the better deals in franchise history. <laughs> you know, not, probably not for Derrick Rose, right? Like, I mean, Houston is going to hope that Brandon Knight can be you know, put back together by all the Kings men and, and that he's a, he's a backup point guard in this league, or they'll roll the dice with Michael Carter Williams. Still. Um, I don't know that they really value the backup point guard position all that much this season, but uh, I mean, if Derek Rose continues to play like he is and he's hitting threes and, and he's attacking, um, you know, I think there is value there and maybe you can get a second round pick for him, uh, a, you know, not so protected second round pick, but in terms of giving up a first round pick for, for, you know, for a, a fringe starter. Like, I don't know that any GM is that desperate. Zach, he's all Tibbs has left, though. That's the problem. He's all well, Tibbs. The yeah, one well, guy Tibbs can talk to. Yeah, we're, we're looking at a firing before we get that trade happening. Exactly. Uh, so, so Butler now, with, with being dealt, how much can he help that team? And is that going to, to be a perfect fit? Because we certainly have seen in Chicago and then here that, that for as good as Butler can be, uh, he also he also brings baggage that I, I think is going to continually follow him throughout his career. Yeah, I mean he will. He's he's got a reputation at this point after the last two teams, and his, and that's going to be on him to either shake it or not shake it. Like I don't know how much he'll care, but that's something that's going to follow him until he proves it's not a thing anymore. And the good news about that, he's playing with Joel Embiid, who's probably one of the ten best players in the world. Right, like Joel Embiid is an unbelievable player. This team has struggled a lot. With um with with fourth quarter scoring, Jimmy Butler is you know at least putting he he scores pretty well in the fourth quarter most seasons, and and so they can rely on that. But it's not a perfect fit uh, because they still need shooting. They have JJ Redick, um, they have Landry Shamet, who's who's a rookie but who looks like he can shoot or will be able to shoot. But outside of that, they don't have a ton. Like you're hoping Wilson Chandler can be healthy, and he's rarely healthy. And, and then they have to play the buyout market and hope that you know shooters come there like they did with Bellinelli and Ilyasova. At the same time, they're going to be a great defense. They can be an opportunistic scoring team. Uh, I'm more curious how Ben Simmons fits with Jimmy Butler than anything else. because, it, And it's hard to – you can't really overreact to one game. But last night, Ben Simmons was very passive. Like, he really didn't establish himself at all. And it's not like Jimmy was, was, uh, you know, was dominating the ball. He was playing a lot of off-ball stuff. But for the most part, Ben Simmons just kind of looked like he didn't really know where he fit in with all this. And then to lose to Orlando, like, Orlando sucks. I know they're in the eighth seed or whatever they're in right now. Like, Orlando's terrible. They have no talent. Like, you got destroyed by Nick Vucevic and Terrence Ross. Like, a 21 nothing a, run, Zach. Yeah, they won a 21 nothing run in the fourth even, quarter. Even in a first-game feel-it-out kind of contest, like, you cannot lose that game to Orlando, even if it's in Orlando. That team sucks. What What can Tibbs, going back to the Wolves here, what what – can Tibbs do with Dario Saric? And I, I mean, because he, he to me, of the of what they got back for Jimmy, he is the most intriguing kind of the wild card piece in all this. Like Covington, we all right. kind of know what he is, which is good. But with with Saric being at his age, there's there's so much potential there. 
I mean, where, how should Tibbs sort of try and tap into this, what, what they have in him, I mean, for at least for as long as Tibbs is here? I mean, initially what he tried to do with Bielitsa, you can do a lot of that stuff with Sharch. And, and so the problem is that Bielitsa became gun-shy, right? Yeah. He, 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 was pat, he was pump-faking open threes. Like, who, like it, it looked like a video game glitch some nights, right? Where like, oh, I accidentally <laughs> hit the pump-fake button on an open three, and now I've lost that opportunity. Like, it didn't make any sense for someone who is such a deadly three-point shooter and such a good playmaker. So I think they'll try to use it in, in that way. The difference between the two is, is I think Bielitsa kind of got in his own head a little too much of, all right, I know, I know I'm going to get pulled if I don't play well here because his defense was so bad, right? And so there was only so much leash that Tom Thibodeau was going to, going to give him. Sarge, like, he's not gun-shy. He's, like, he's got a little bit more flair. He's a, he's a little more naive in that, in that respect. And I think it's a good thing that Sarge just wants to go out there and destroy you. Like, he has that mentality on offense. So I think he'll embrace that role a lot more. I just think that, that Tibbs has to empower him to, to take that role. But I, don't th- I think if he gives him a similar role as what Bielitsa was supposed to have early on, I think that that's, that's going to be a natural fit for Dario. Yeah. Uh, Sarge's mustache, man. It's uh, we were we were talking before the show. He he's not the he wouldn't be the number one Bond villain in a movie, but he'd be the third or fourth one that gives some trouble to James Bond and then eventually sure. like gets killed being, being thrown out of a helicopter or something. I'm much more worried about his mustache than I am his defense. His defense is not that good, so I just that's a struggle <laughs> stash a little bit. But if it works for him, then then all then, you know the all more power to him. Yeah. Uh, where do you think Carmelo winds up now that that's officially over in Houston? Do we know the exact team that Jimmer Fredette's on in China? Dude, he scored 70 the other day. And lost. And he lost. And lost. <laughs> 70 and lost. Pulled <laughs> to Devin Booker. Um, no, it's probably not China, but, uh, you know, maybe Philly. If Philly gets desperate for one oh, of the buyout man. options, I, like, I don't think it's going to stick there, but I, I oh. could see Philly rolling the dice on him. of like, all right, it's a minimum deal. We get, you know, a percentage of that back from the league through these veteran minimum deal. Like, it's really not an investment. You can see if he hits shots. Like, I think we can – stop doing the Tinkerbell clap Olympic mellow back to life thing. Olympic mellow is not, a, it's not an NBA thing. It's a shorter three point line in the Olympics. He's going against, you know, China and Nigeria and, and, you know, Latvia and all these teams. Like it's easier to do it against them than it is against everybody else. Especially when you have, you know, LeBron on your team and Kobe and Chris Paul and all these guys, like it's a little different than trying to do this with two stars at the NBA level. So I think he just needs to figure out it's more on, it's more on Carmelo too, right? Like I, I don't think he's fully to blame for all this, but at a certain point, he's got to know, I don't have what I used to have. I need to maximize what I still have, and that's not with a thousand jab steps before a pull-up jumper. Hey, it is easy to get fooled when a player shreds uh, Nigeria and Latvia. Alexei Shved is a great example of, of that. That dude was <laughs> yeah, I mean, unstoppable. Luis Skoll is like the greatest FIBA player of all time, non-American division, and like he's a pro player here, right? Yeah. Like, Luis Skola. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this Golden State dust up a big deal or not in your mind? It's not a big deal for this year. They'll be fine. They'll win the title. But moving forward after this year, once free agency hits, like, yeah, that's a big deal. Like, Kevin Durant is a sensitive guy, right? He's one of the best players in the world. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. But he's a sensitive guy, and that's this stuff will stick with him. Like, and Draymond Green a little bit is is jumping the line in this. He knows, like, I have to hit this kind of criteria to qualify for the Supermax. And that Supermax is a big deal for NBA players, especially a, a star role player like Draymond. To be able to qualify for that, and then if he happens to get it, that's a status symbol right there. And, and, that, and that stuff still matters to these guys. And so I think you know, he's got to wait his turn a little bit in that it's not your turn yet to get, the, to get, get talking about your contract. 
Clay's a free agent this summer. KD's a free agent this summer. You're two years away. When we, when those two guys get settled, then you can start talking about your your free agency. You shouldn't be talking about KD's free agency, um, and even if he's doubting your resume and all this stuff. Like I get the egos involved, and I get the you know the measuring contest and all this stuff, but it, you know both both guys need to kind of just relax and make sure that they still have all that stuff in terms of sacrificing for the team and, and making it about championships. That they still have all that in line because what's the What's the, the Pat Riley thing that he wrote about in the 80s, the disease of more or the disease of me, whatever that was, like where, hey, these guys get success and then they start wondering, oh, well, how do I become more profitable at this? How do I get a bigger role? How do I get more money? It's a real thing that these guys are just now starting to go through. LeBron passes Wilt last night, and it dawned on me that four of the top five scorers in the history of the game have played for the Los Angeles Lakers at some point in their career, which is ridiculously crazy, but... Can you could you have ever imagined that a guy like LeBron could end up possibly in the top two all time in scoring and also maybe even in the top five in assists when his career's over? No, nah, well, let's not count that Carl Malone. I know he technically played for the Lakers, but that's <laughs> Carl Malone. One. Like that's you know that's a, we're we're in the loophole territory right now because he was chasing rings. But the, all right, I'll give you three out of five. Like we're I'm in I'm in on that. Uh, no, it's crazy. Like even the hype that LeBron had coming into the league, like we, like you know, had the chosen one tattoo. He's called the king. Like all this stuff. To think that he would end up being the player he is is insane. Like to think anyone can approach this in the future is insane. Like that's that's how elite he is on a historical level. And think about this. Like I'll go you uh, one better. Think about what we used to think about Dirk Nowitzki in his first four years. He's a couple hundred points away from passing Wilt Chamberlain too. If I told you in 1998, you, on draft night, you see this big, gawky German kid with you know a bad dye job walking up to the podium to, to shake David Stern's hand, if I told you that guy's going to pass Wilt Chamberlain in points someday, yeah. you would think I was insane. Like it's, it's a testament to both these guys. Like I, I think we take them for granted, and I, think, I know we, we get caught up in, the, is LeBron really that great? Is he better than Jordan? All this stuff. Whether he is or not, like he has had one of the most, if not the most impressive careers considering the hype that he had going into it, the, the clean record he has kept off the court, the, the social justice stuff, the, you know, the, the stuff he's done with the I Promise School, and then the fact that he's had one of the greatest resumes on the NBA court of all time. Like, it's, it, it's a, it's a, like you couldn't really write that. Yeah. That's Zach Harper, you guys. Uh, you can find him uh, in written form, The Athletic, theathletic.com slash NBA. You can find him in short form on the internet, uh, Twitter, at Talk Hoops, and in audio form, the Count the Dings podcast. Yeah, do the podcast, do the athletic, don't do Twitter. It's it's obnoxious. It really is. That's true. I love it. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about either. (laughs) It makes two of us. Bye. Uh, Zach Harper, at Talk Hoops. Um... Yeah, he's hilarious. So he, for people who aren't super familiar, he actually was one of the uh, the founding writers at a Wolf Among Wolves blog. So he was a Timberwolves blogger who just wrote about the Wolves for free, for fun, mm-hmm. for, I don't know, a number of years. He wrote a little bit for 1500ESPN.com, and now he's all over the place. He's doing national work, and he's a regular on Lebitard show. So That's great kind stuff. of fun to see him uh, rise up. Let's, uh, let's come back here. We have the football hour in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, I've got some Twins news. You guys already touched on this, but I have a couple. The, the Twins have a new pitching coach and a new bullpen coach, and I've done some investigating into these guys because it's a couple sort of unorthodox hires. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. 
All right, quick check on your traffic. A couple crashes on uh, 394 to tell you about. Well, really just one, actually. It happened in two, two different spots, but it's basically the same crash. Uh, it's between Highway 100 and Park Place in Golden Valley, causing about a seven-minute delay. So be on the lookout for that. Also, 169 southbound. We got a 19-minute delay. That's because of a crash near Eden Prairie between Anderson Lakes Parkway and Pioneer Trail. So, people, you got to be careful out there. I know the, the weather's getting kind of tricky and the roads are slippery, but be careful, folks. I'm just not sure why this is an aberration. What is preventing him from running, cutting, attacking the offensive glass, and dunking? Versus just standing on the perimeter watching the game. He has this type of first pick talent. It's up to him to bring it out of himself more often. It was Van Gundy talking about LeBron James last night? Just kidding. He's talking about <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, obviously. Why can't he do all these things all the time? Well, I mean, is it that hard to play with enthusiasm and energy? No. And last night, that's what he can be. He can he can just be a disruptor, and maybe at some point here, maybe Okogie and Robert Covington will rub off on him. Um, we'll get to some twin stuff here in just a second, but Leroy in St. Paul wants to talk Andrew Wiggins. So, Leroy, go ahead. You're on with Mackie and Judd. Season's greetings, boys. How's it going? What's going on, dude? Awesome. Oh, man. Here's the season. Here's the season. Um, hello from self-proclaimed Minnesota's number one Maple Jordan fan. Uh, as you guys know, I just want to know, how, how did the humble pie taste that uh, Andrew served up last night? <laughs> Got to be a lot more of it, Leroy, a lot more. <laughs> One quarter is a whiff of humble pie at maximum, but go ahead. Oh, man, 23 points on 22 shots. Are you kidding me? Six rebounds, four assists? I'm just pumped to see these boys having fun, honestly. Um, I mean, it's just the with Jimmy Gone, I thought it was Tibbs. I thought it was Tibbs that was making – Everything just a drag. But they seem like they were having fun last night, and I'm just excited to watch Andrew do that. Um, I can't remember who he – I don't know who it was he kicked on that dunk, but I just can't wait to see a lot more of it. And um, particularly I'm interested in what you guys think um, is going to happen after this team starts to click. All right, he's 8 for 22 last night, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Yeah, it's an aberration. He doesn't always put out that sort of effort. But – once uh, Okogi gets used to the rotation, Sarich and Covington, Cove gets used to the rotation. I want to know what you guys think the ceiling is for Wiggins this year. Does Maple Jordan end the year uh, close, to, close to becoming an all-star, which he was. I'll remind you guys what he was very close to doing prior to Butler coming when we had Rubio. You'll remember he scored 24 points a game. Uh, what, uh, three rebounds and maybe two assists or something like that a couple of years ago? I want to know if you guys think he, if he gets to that output this year, close to it, do you think that's enough to erase, uh, this, this mar that I think he has all right, Leroy, thanks, dude. <laughs> Leroy asked like nine questions. I love the enthusiasm. I really do admire the enthusiasm. Can I take this one? Oh, my God. Andrew, Somebody else besides me, please take this one. Andrew Wiggins needs to show it. He needs to show it. He is in his fifth year in the National Basketball Association, and he's making $27 million this year. Correct. He needs to show it. Yes. Okay? And 
we can talk about, you know, Tibbs needs to do this. And, and I agree. Like, Tibbs, I don't think Tibbs has been doing Andrew any favors. And obviously, bringing in Jimmy Butler didn't help matters either. But now Jimmy's gone. And we're probably going to see a new coach with this team now in the future. A year from now, they're probably going to have a different coach. Andrew Wiggins needs to show it yeah. for more than four minutes last That's night what in the I was fourth quarter. going to say, we all need to calm down. Butler, he needs to show this consistently. Butler being gone is fantastic, and and we we could talk about the fact that it probably should have been taken place a month ago. But nonetheless, we all need to just calm down. And and the thing the thing I like the thing I like about Butler being gone is you are seeing the young players who you thought initially that, that you were supposed to be building around are showing an enthusiasm that was definitely taken from them by Jimmy. But uh, before I make any mea culpas about any players. We're going to have to see months of this. It's just like I said a couple of days ago mm-hmm. about my hockey team. I need months upon months of this. Not a week, not a month, not... And the same thing goes for this. And if they can get themselves righted and guys on track, that's fantastic. But we all just need to take a deep breath. You know what? It's There's, there's so much to be said for just playing you-know-what to the wall for the 40 minutes that you're out there, end-to-end-to-end. Mm-hmm. To end to end. Uh, because I can give you a guy in Russell Westbrook, for instance, who's not a very good shooter. He's certainly not as he's super athletic. He might be the most athletic guy in the NBA, but uh, but he's not the tallest. He doesn't shoot very well. He just has a motor that's cranked up to twelve out of ten mm-hmm. on a game by game basis. So let, just 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 to illustrate a guy who's playing, and he's a flawed player too. He's probably doesn't share the ball enough, and he, you know, he doesn't really mesh well with teammates. But he takes plays off on defense a little bit once in a while. Too. Sure, <laughs> but Russell Westbrook had 860 rebounds two years ago, and in, in the the first year he averaged a triple double, 860 rebounds in one season as a bleeping guard. Okay, Andrew Wiggins in his career, which is into his fifth year, has only 1,300 rebounds. So. You could say that in a basically in a year and a half's time, Russell Westbrook, because he plays with enthusiasm and energy and a motor, grabs as many rebounds in a season and a half as Andrew Wiggins does in five. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with talent; everything to do with energy and motor and desire. the yes. the The bottom line for this team going forward is going to be this too: the heart and soul, the heartbeat of this team needs to be cat. And everything else has to gel and fall in place around that fact. Mm-hmm. Wiggins needs to care a whole heck of a lot more consistently, but he's not going to be that, that, that guy, and to expect that is going too far. But, but once again, this is very, very simple. If this team is going to ultimately be successful, the heart and soul, the heartbeat of this team needs to be cat, and everything needs to play off him, basically. And until, until you get there, you are not maximizing the capabilities of where this franchise can go. Uh, Van Gundy, we've been playing these Jeff Van Gundy clips from the broadcast last night. As he, just, he was spot on with his Wiggins analysis. This is what he had to say during the game about Carl Anthony Towns. And Towns, I think, has guarded harder in his individual matchup against Davis than in previous years. If your star player doesn't take pride at that end of the floor... It's going to be really hard to win. Impossible. And so he's got to prove that he can be the best player on a team that wins. We have already knows he can, we can, he can put up monster numbers. But he's got to drive winning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some, sometimes Jeff Van Gundy can... I flip over to the ESPN broadcast. I love Jim Pete, but I love to hear what the national guys say about the Wolves. And what he was saying about Wiggins and Towns last night, and I'm a huge 
Towns apologist, but it was spot on. It was spot on. And mm-hmm. now that Jimmy Butler's gone, nothing is stopping Towns right. from leading and Wiggins. Towns is more of a leader than Wiggins. And nothing is stopping Wiggins from just being an energizing bunny player up and down the court. And we'll see. It's, been, it's year five. It's pretty tough to expect someone just to like find energy that they haven't just had in the first four years. I think you either have it or you don't as a Kogi showing. But it drives you crazy because there are definite times that you see there's something there. Yep. And that's what drives you nuts because you're not you're not asking him to be somebody he can't be, but what you're saying is apply yourself consistently. And there's been far too many times where he he disappears and it always seems previously like there is an excuse for that. Well, Butler was here. Well, I wasn't playing the right team. Just apply yourself. And if you don't have a good night, that's absolutely fine. But if you're playing as hard as you possibly can, your talent is going to make you still potentially a very good player on a nightly basis, and we just don't see that nearly enough. Uh, programming change. Tom Pelissero is tied up with NFL Network stuff. He's going to join us tomorrow instead of His at five fifteen. That's it. You know, it's he's a big shot now. It's he's him and Ian Rapoport. We used to be buddies. He's in Seattle for the I Thursday night game. Pick rap sheet over me. Huh, okay. He doesn't return your texts anymore. <laughs> I just, just Only thought, if you have sourced information. I didn't think him and rap sheet were that tight, but I guess they are, and yeah. we're not. Yep. Uh, sorry, Judd. You're going to have to, I don't know, who's the next up-and-coming NFL sider? Matthew Collar, I guess. <laughs> I'll tie myself to Collar's wagon. Uh, Collar <laughs> joins us next. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.